3: Sports Radio 94 WIP, Tom Kelly with you, filling in for Big Daddy Graham. We know what Big Daddy's doing tonight, Mike. We always like to figure out what he's up to. You don't know? Um, well, I'm, I'm I'm in for Big Daddy tonight after a fun day of football, and we've talked a lot of Eagles football um, and the NFL in general throughout the first couple hours of the show, and uh, the tr- topic of the trade deadline came up. And, and possible moves the Eagles could make last segment. And I, the more I've looked at this, the more I feel like instead of a running back, a, a downfield receiver is what I think could impact this team the most. And what I think could improve them the most. Big Daddy's provided us an update as to where he is. Is that correct? What
4: is he doing later today?
3: What is he doing later?
0: When I wake up, it's one of the first things I think about. Is that later on, I'm going to be dipping my spoon into that yellow tint, thick, thick chocolate fudge sundae uh, syrup on top of it. (laughs) I'm not kidding.
3: Okay, so he'll be eating some ice cream. Uh the, the, Okay. <laughs> I, I was unprepared. Unprepared for the big daddy made that sound very you know, very exciting to him eating uh, eating that ice cream, dipping his spoon into the you know, I I can't do a big daddy impression. I'm not good at doing it. Um but big daddy will be back with you tomorrow night. Uh but um the the more I've looked at at the Eagles here and what they have on this team and what they need to do to improve i think getting a guy who can stretch the field would be most beneficial to them and to the quarterback and to everybody involved and you know I, i'm not just saying this because of a nostalgia type thing but i think the sean jackson is a perfect fit right now for this offense you know, and I know a lot of people aren't Deshaun Jackson fans. I get it. But what he could do for this offense, the way he could get down the field, the way he could stretch the field, opening things up for Alshon Jeffrey, for for Ertz, for Aguilar, Goddard, the running game, the lanes he could open up for, you know, Carson Wentz to run the ball. I mean, there's so much that, that Doug Peterson, who we know is a, you know, Really smart play caller. There's so much Doug Peterson could do with a threat like Deshaun Jackson. So much he could do. The Eagles haven't had that guy since Deshaun Jackson left. And I think going and getting a guy like that, a guy who could stretch the field, would be incredibly beneficial to this offense. And, you know, I check in on Amari Cooper. I think the price for him would probably be too high. Deshaun Jackson, you could probably get in a couple weeks for a mid-round pick. If you get through these next couple of weeks, you can probably win these games without without adding anybody you should be able to. But he'd be the perfect fit for the second half of the year to improve this offense. 888, 729, 9494. 888, 729, 9494, pound 9494 in AT and team Verizon Cell. And uh before we go to break here, I do want to talk about this the Sunday night game last night, which was Absolutely incredible! I I watched the first half at my my apartment, and then um, came into work and got here for the fourth quarter, and was sitting sitting uh, watching the game with Ricky Ricardo, and it was just tremendous. And by the way, I mean this is the best regular season game of the year by far, one of the best games in, in recent memory, and Patrick Mahomes who had a great start to the season. You know, a lot of guys have had strong starts and have tailed off. Patrick Mahomes, for real. What he did in that game was absolutely incredible. That kid's arm, he can just flick the... He kind of reminds me the way he throws the ball a little bit of Michael Vick. The way he can just basically flick his wrist and and launch it 50 yards down the field. And that offense with Tyreek Hill... And Kareem Hunt, I mean, they can do so much offensively. And it was a tremendous game. The the Chiefs were down big. Come back, you know, they come back, take the lead, then Brady answers, then the Chiefs come down, tie it again on a deep play to Tyreek Hill. In the end, the the Patriots win it on a last-second field goal. Brady hit Gronk to get deep into Chiefs territory, and then they kick the field goal as... Time expired. But what Mahomes is doing right now is wildly impressive. The fact that he did that in that stadium against that team, against that coach, against that quarterback on Sunday night football. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. And a few observations from that. First of all, if you saw Tyreek Hill scored the game-tying touchdown late in the fourth quarter, And this is something that that bothered me immediately. Tyreek Hill scores like a 70-yard touchdown. Sprints into the end zone, gets close to the um, fans in the back of the end zone, and they start throwing beer on him and and giving him the middle finger. Okay, if that's Philadelphia, we're getting torched for like weeks about something like that. I mean, that's something that's talked about nationally all over the place, for, for weeks. And, you know, I, I've seen some mentions of it, seen, seen a, a little bit of talk about it here and there, but not a whole lot. And if that's something that happened in Philadelphia, God forbid, we'd be getting destroyed here nationally. And it's so hypocritical that, that those, those Boston fans who are such creeps, you know, they do something like that, throw beer on a guy, You know, flip him off after he scores a touchdown. Like, give me a break. Unprofessional as you know what. Extremely unprofessional. Extremely classless. Which isn't surprising coming from the Boston fans. But, of course, the hypocrisy of the the national media. That they love to pick on Philadelphia in that kind of situation. Any chance they get. Any chance they get. They will come at the Philadelphia fans for any little thing. I mean, remember, you know, the, the, the huge controversy after the Vikings game? It yes. turned into a national scandal, even though that kind of stuff, you know, happens everywhere. But I, I they start throwing beer on the guy after he scores touchdown, and it's like, okay, well, you know, a little mention. It was, it was bad. It was the wrong thing to do. But uh, then it's over. They move on. So that that bothered me right away. And the other thing that bothered me, That is something I truly, for years, can't understand. And I saw it a lot on social media after the game. From a lot of people here in Philadelphia. Whether it be fans or or whatever. And I don't get it. Is the way people in this city seem to take the light. In Andy Reid losing, and I, I gotta, I, I don't understand it at all. I've never understood it. I, I, as an Eagles fan, I really like Andy Reid. I root for Andy Reid. I hope Andy Reid wins a Super Bowl, and I don't understand why any Eagles fan would root against Andy Reid or not want Andy Reid to win. You know, you, you look at a guy who, for better or, or worse, I mean, he turned this franchise around. He completely turned this franchise around. This franchise at the end of the 90s, the late 90s, was, was a laughingstock in 98. They, they were 3-13 and 13 under Ray Rhodes. They were going nowhere. Andy Reid came in and turned them into a perennial power in the NFC. Yeah, they never ended up winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, they they lost, you know, NFC Championship games. They were painful losses. They couldn't get it done in the playoffs. But Andy Reid laid the foundation for what this organization has become. And the success that they have had, in a lot of ways, was born out of Andy Reid. I mean, Andy Reid was the one who brought up Doug Peterson. Kojima is as a player. Gave him his job in the NFL. Mentored Doug Peterson. Suggested to Jeffrey Lurie to give the job to Doug Peterson. And I just, I can't understand it. I've never understood why people dislike Andy Reid. Now, I'd love to hear from you. 888 729 9494 pounds 9494 at t verizon cell But this happens every time that he either loses a playoff game or loses a, a, a big regular season game, that people seem to take the light in it. And I don't get it at all. And it's the biggest... um, the, the thing that bothers me the most in this town is the way the narrative has been so distorted over the years. The way Buddy Ryan is for some reason idolized in this town And Andy Reid is, for the most part, hated and made fun of. Buddy Ryan was a joke as a head coach. What did Buddy Ryan ever win here? Oh, just because he, you know, talked trash against the Cowboys. What did Buddy Ryan ever do here? Seriously. What did he ever do? And people here love Buddy. They act like Buddy Ryan was this highly successful head coach. Buddy Ryan was a defensive coordinator. On a championship team in Chicago that came here and was a complete failure. Yeah, he built good defenses, but he had no clue how to put a football team together. He totally neglected offense. His teams, I mean, you talk about a guy who failed in the postseason. How about Buddy Ryan? Did he even win a playoff game under him? No, they never even won a playoff game under him. Andy Reid won double-digit playoff games here. Yet, if you talk to, like, your, your, your average, you know, fan or, or you know, they, they, you, you'd think Buddy Ryan is a Hall of Fame coach and Andy Reid's a laughingstock. And, you know, not trying to go back in the uh, history books 30 years here, but it's just something that's always bothered me. And it's something that I've never understood. And it always crops back up on nights like this when Andy Reid loses a big game. Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in the NFL over the last 20 years. And it's not even debatable, really. He's never won a Super Bowl, but Andy Reid is, you know, going to be strongly considered for the Hall of Fame. And if he ever does win a Super Bowl, he's an absolute lock for the Hall of Fame. So, I don't really understand it. I don't understand the hate. Now, I'd love to hear... You know, what What are your feelings on Andy Reid? Like, if you are one of these people who for some reason dislikes him or roots for him to fail, I'd like to understand why. Because I see it a lot. And I talk to a lot of people who who, who do dislike him and, you know, can't stand the, the Chiefs because of Andy Reid and, and don't want him to succeed. And I don't understand it one bit. Like, why would you not want Andy Reid to win a Super Bowl? It doesn't make any sense to me. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Big Daddy Graham. And I had a suspicion this was going to happen. As I discussed my love for Andy Reid last segment, um, Angelo happened to be driving to the station. And I thought this was a possibility. And it turns out, It's exactly what happened. Uh, Angela disagrees with me Uh, about about Andy Reid. Let's just uh, say that. uh, That's,
0: um, I guess, putting it mildly. Tom, people should know. Tom and I know each other real well. He works with us at the Borgata every Friday. And if your goal was to tick me off. Which it was. (laughs) It succeeded spectacularly. All right, why does the city still dislike Andy Reid? And understand, I dislike him more than the city. I hate him. Last night, I was rooting for Bill Belichick. I don't understand that at all. First thing, totally a man who never gave a damn about the fans, not one bit. He developed this robotic persona where he wouldn't answer any questions about anything. And for a while, it worked because he was winning, getting us deep into the playoffs But then toward the end, even that approach started to wear on the city. So that was the first thing he did that really ticked people off. And then the next thing, there was a whole sequence of events near the end. The thing that lost me, and I was on the fence with him for quite a number of years, is when the Eagles were in a playoff one year, and um, they lost on a kick. And it wasn't really, it was like a long field goal that David Akers missed. And after the game... Reed had never done this in all the years he was a coach. And after the game, Reed pointed out that you do the math. We would have won if Akers did his job.
3: That was the Arizona game.
0: Yeah. the, the, The subtext to the whole event was that Akers had found out the previous week that his daughter had cancer. She was five years old, and she was starting chemotherapy. And he didn't give a damn. And then the killing event. The one that this city will never forget, Tom, no matter what else happens. They let the ultimate player, Brian Dawkins, leave. And the day after he left, they held a press coverage because they brought in uh, Sean, it was Stacy Andrews. Sean Andrews was this really good lineman. Yeah. And Stacy Andrews was his brother who sucked and they brought Stacy in to babysit Sean because they thought if his brother was around, he'd be okay. And the media comes in. They have not gotten a quote from anyone in the Eagles organization at that point about losing Brian Dawkins, the most beloved player, most beloved sports figure in this entire city's history. And he said, I'm not taking any questions on Dawkins today. This is Stacey Andrews' day. Now, if that isn't a dossier of asinine behavior, leading to dislike by a city, I don't know what would be. So now I'm more extreme because most people would root for Reed over Belichick. Right. But personally, I want him to lose every game. I want him to find a way to screw it up. I want him to screw up the time management of it, which he was also horrible at. But he was not a man who was honest with the city and it was a man who, in key moments, let us down every single time.
3: Now, I'm not going to say that he uh, was good with the media all the time. He clearly wasn't, but he did a lot for this city. He yeah. did a win. He won a right. lot of games for the city, and I think he built the foundation mm. for what we ultimately experienced last year and what the, oh, the Peters brought here.
0: None of those players were the foundation of the winning team last year. What is you Doug want to get Peterson, Peterson?
3: Where's Doug Peterson without Andy Reed?
0: You know when Peterson got good? When he forgot all this stuff. When Peterson left Reed, he was still defending Reed's time management in a playoff game they lost three years ago. And he figured out how to manage the clock, and he figured out how to answer questions honestly, and he really figured out how to, how to be generous with the fans, which Reed never learned. Peterson today. Today, in his third year, is a better coach than Reed, and this city will always love Peterson more. Obviously, because they won a Super Bowl now. Reed, no, and the reason Buddy Ryan resonated—I actually covered the Eagles for the Inquirer when that happened. Buddy was, Buddy was what they wanted, which was a real beast. <laughs> you know, he just—he wanted a vicious defense. And he wanted to say things that the city resonated with. The reason football's as big as it is in Philadelphia today is Buddy Ryan. It wasn't that big before him.
3: But the thing that bothers me mm. is that Buddy, looking back, mm. he was a terrible head coach. Terrible head coach. Yeah, he no.
0: was a real good. He was a great defensive coordinator, but a bad head coach.
3: You can't just care about one side of the ball. Right. And just talking to the average fan... Right. And you comparing Buddy Ryan and Andy Reid, you and, would you would get the sense that Buddy Ryan had far more success than Andy Reid did, and that's just not the
0: case. No, that well, bothers Andy, me. I guess that's how you define success. Reid had 14 shots at it here and didn't get it. Peterson did it in his second shot. You're right that you know Reid's a better coach, better head coach than than Buddy, but Buddy made a better connection with the city. What you learn over time is that that connection thing. Making the fans like you and admire you and root for you is a big deal in this city. It always has been. Things may change over time, but right now, that's still a big deal. But anyway, thank you so much for waking me up because no I was all groggy coming in. The Eagles didn't play yesterday. I'm awake now, pal. Good. Andy Reid is great. <laughs> Shoot me. Well, that
3: was my goal. My goal has been accomplished. You did it. It, it's funny because I did. I told Mike Angelina before the show, I said, I'm going to, you know. I have this Andy Reid opinion about you know the game last night and I, that I, I was bothered by the way people were criticizing him. And I knew if Angelo heard me complaining about Andy that he was going to be bothered by that. And uh, I go to, in the hallway. This is exactly how it went down. I go into the hallway to get some water. First, I got Joe Wechter yelling at me saying I have bad takes. Then as I'm walking back into the studio, Angelo, Kelly, and then he goes off about Andy Reid. I might not hire Andy Reid. So, I, I I disagree. I think Andy Reid was a tremendous coach here. I do. And I'm always going to think that way, and nothing's going to change my mind. And I am going to root for Andy Reid time in and time out. I Now the Eagles have won a Super Bowl. You know, the, the fact of him winning one, before the fact of him winning one before the Eagles may have bothered me a bit. But now that they've won one, if they don't win it, I want Andy Reed to get his. Because I do think that in a way he laid the foundation for th- this organization in that time period. Yeah, it ended bad. And as Angelo said, he did a lot of things in the media. The whole Stacey Andrews day thing was awful. The day after Dawkins left and it even hits you harder if you watch Brian Dawkins' A Football Life, which aired on Friday, and you see that when Brian Dawkins left here, the, the thing that struck me most about that football life is it crushed him. It crushed Brian Dawkins to have to leave Philadelphia. And there are certainly things within the media that Andy Reid did to, to bother people. And he didn't have a great relationship with a lot of people here. But in a lot of ways, I do think he did that because he wanted to cover up for players. And he, he did want to, you know, kind of keep a lot of the things in-house. And he did want to take a lot of the criticism for people. The Acres thing in the Arizona game, that was the one exception. And it came at a, at a bad time, obviously. But in general, I think this city owes a lot to Andy Reid. Because I think we... The organization learned what it was like to be a winning organization then. And they realized that when something's not going right with a Chip Kelly, cut the cord. That was a losing head coach. That was a bad head coach. And, you know, no matter what you say, Doug Peterson did learn from Andy Reid. And Doug Peterson wouldn't be here without Andy Reid. And I'm going to root for him. And I like him, and I, I think he did a lot for this town. Bottom line. And now the Eagles got, got theirs. You know, obviously, if the Eagles played Andy Reid, I would I would want, that would be the biggest game in the history of the city. It would be the biggest game in the history of the city, and I would hate, hate to see Andy Reid beat the Eagles in a Super Bowl if that were to ever happen. But if the Eagles are out of it and the Eagles aren't in it, yeah, I'll root for Andy Reid. I have no problem with it. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly filling in for Big Daddy Graham. A little later on here, we'll, we'll play you some audio from the guy I think who is unquestionably the worst broadcaster in sports today. Uh, he he commits these kind of um, horrible blunders all the time. And there was another one uh, yesterday uh during the f- the football action on Sunday. So we'll play we'll play some sound from the worst broadcaster out there. Not me. It's actually no it is not Paul Jolovitz. There's somebody else out there. And we will play you the sound um a little later on uh from uh, the football action yesterday, one of the huh? m- most egregious mistakes uh that I can I can remember in some
5: time. Oh, okay.
3: 888-729-9494, pound 9494, AT&T, Verizon Cell. I'm Tom Kelly. Uh, What are your feelings on Andy Reid? You know, as I sat there watching last night, I I was rooting for him, and I always root for Andy Reid. I rooted for him in the playoffs last year. I, I feel like he did a lot for the, the, the Eagles and the city of Philadelphia. And the bottom line is, no matter how you want to look at it, Doug Peterson wouldn't be here without Andy Reid. He just wouldn't. Bottom line, he would not be here without Andy Reid. And without Doug Peterson, obviously, the events of last year don't take place. And say what you want about him, he's really good with quarterbacks, and he has a really good one out there in Kansas City. Uh, I'm just saying to Mike during the break, watching that game last night, Patrick Mahomes does things that I don't know if there's another guy in the league that can can do them? I mean, maybe Carson Wentz? Maybe Aaron Rodgers? But some of the throws he makes, some of the 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 ways he can get out of trouble? There aren't a lot of guys in this league that can do those kind of things physically. And with that kind of with that kind of athletic talent coupled with the tutelage of a guy like Andy Reid, who, I mean, works wonders with quarterbacks, Donovan McNabb would not have been nearly what he ended up being without Andy Reid. I mean, Michael Vick, a guy who was never a a full, polished quarterback until he got with Andy Reid, and Andy Reid made him an MVP candidate for one year. You know, Andy Reid was the guy who, who... had Nick Foles his first year in the league. And would would he, with the possibilities of him having Patrick Mahomes and all that talent on offense, I mean, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, that is an immensely talented team. And that game on Sunday night was an instant classic. And I really hope those teams meet again because I'd like to see the sequel. 888 729 9494 888-729-9494, 888-729-9494, pound 9494, AT&T, and Verizon, Celts, go back to the phones, Dave in Cherry Hill, what's up, Dave?
5: Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Andy Reid, I have a lot of thoughts about him. My uh, history with the Eagles goes way back, and uh, I didn't hate Andy Reid, I'm don't. i not a hater, I don't hate any, any sports team, but I found myself, the longer he was here, the less I liked him, and I resented Andy Reid. Because I wanted to love the Eagles. They were winning. And he, as you have uh, said, he did a lot for the city and the team. But I just couldn't root for him because I didn't like him. And I'll tell you the truth, that I don't think you ought to tell us how to feel. As a fan, I don't like being criticized for feeling a certain way.
3: Well, Dave, I'm not telling you how to feel. I mean, you can feel however you want. I'll feel however I want. I just, I guess more than anything, I don't understand it. Like, you have the right to think whatever you think, feel whatever you feel. I just don't understand that viewpoint. You
5: mean even after uh, Andy, or even after uh, uh, Angelo's uh, eloquent uh, speech, you still don't understand it? I think you're out of touch. Yeah, you're well, right I,
3: I get why Angelo doesn't like him, and I, I, I get why you would kind of, you know, have toward the end of his time here kind of soured on him. I get that. By the end of his time here, I was ready for a change, too. Like, it was time to move on. But, you know, to deny the, like, you can't deny the fact that he was a really good coach here and he did a lot for the organization. And I just don't understand why, after acknowledging that, why you'd still root against him. That's what I
5: don't get. I, I don't deny that he did a lot for him. I don't deny that he was a good coach. And I still didn't like him. And that's the problem. I wanted to like the Eagles. I wanted to root like heck for them. And he denied me a lot of my pleasure of having a good team.
3: But what did he do so? What did he do? He did. What, what did he do so wrong that made you dislike him? Well,
5: didn't, what Angela right, said but, was a but lot but of. I per, think the main thing was you personally, Dave. Per, personally, it was the way he handled the fans and wouldn't answer questions. I wanted to know some things: what happened, what his thoughts were. Why? Why he did certain things during the week? Why he continued to mismanage things? And he wouldn't. And he talked about us with disdain, like we didn't have a right to ask him. And especially the press for asking things, which you're part of.
3: Okay. Well, I understand, Dave, and I appreciate the call. That's that is interesting to me and funny to me because you talk about uh, uh, it being condescending to the media and being condescending and not wanting to answer questions. That wasn't nearly as much Andy Reid as it was the guy who came after him. Okay. You know, you want to talk about somebody who was arrogant and condescending. That was Chip Kelly. I mean, Andy Reid would answer questions in a way that people didn't like. And I totally get that. You want more access. You want to know what, what the coach is thinking more and what's going on with the team. And yeah. He he was he could have handled things with the media a different way. And I do think in some respects, he's learned from that. And he's been a little different in that way in Kansas City. Part of that's because maybe it's a less demanding
0: call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
2: You have 47 new voicemails.
1: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
3: Media market. But when I look at Andy Reid in press conferences and settings like that, when you want to talk about condescension, I don't think he was nearly as condescending as Chip Kelly was. I mean, Chip Kelly was the one who acted like, like people didn't even have the right to to lick his boots, you know. Chip Kelly was the guy who 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 didn't think anybody had the had the right to to question anything he did. I mean, you asked Chip Kelly about about time of possession, he'd laugh in your face. I like Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly, by the way, congrats to Chip, man. He got a big win. Got a big win on Saturday. Chip's a one and five now at UCLA. Congratulations. But yeah, that that that's why, you know, I, I don't get that aspect of it. You know, the fact that and I and Chip Kelly's not popular in town either. But you want to talk about condescension. Chip Kelly was way worse than Andy Reid in that regard. Eight 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 seven two nine nine four nine four. 729 9494. 9494. at nine four nine four eighteen t Verizon so let's go to Mac and Brumall. what's up Mac?
2: hey, thanks so much for taking my call. I'm gonna level with you in the beginning i was I was calling in the rip rip Reeds head off uh for a number of reasons one it, this is this is personal but i but I'm kind of bearing my soul. I love dogs and and I've done really well with Rottweilers. they're very good dogs, and I didn't get them when they became popular. The first one I got. Somebody said, "What kind of a doberman is that?" It's not. It's a rottweiler, a rabbu, rabbu, robu. What? Nobody even knew what they were. Well, we've done really well with them, and we had the the, the the before these last two that we have now. We had one that was a gentle sort, uh, and when he was deteriorating, and uh, we knew we didn't have much left in him, uh, he started deteriorating, and he died in my in my arms the very weekend they picked up Michael Vick. So that. Not only poisoned me toward the Eagles, but toward the NFL for a while, especially when someone read something about, "I know your dogs, but this is the Eagles. oh boy, I, I called him Sound off the Daily Times, and I was done with it for a while, and then I came back. Uh, you know that they, that they let go b dog and then they got a dog murder that all he did was get hurt and uh, it just it, it, it lost it. But you made a really good point what you said about um, what he did for Nick Fo- what he did for Nick Foles. I don't know if you read the article that was in Sports Illustrated uh, when Nick Foles was about to give it up. He was he was on a retreat. He was uh, fishing some uh, stream, and I got to go there because I fly fish in California in this mountain gorge where he couldn't even get his cell phone. And uh, he was going to give it up. He was going to go help his dad, that was a pastor in uh, in Texas, I believe, as a youth minister. And as he's coming out. He, he gets a, he, the first thing he gets on his cell phone is a text from You got it. Andy Reid saying, "I think you got a lot more football left in you." Mm-hmm. So, and then that was the call. And I think if I read the article, Andy Reid also called his father, and then his dad said, "Well, you know, the rest is history." So, you made a really good point there about his loyalty in helping out Nick Foles. Um, everything that he did, you know, that's bad, but you do have to learn to to forgive and forget and move on. And, uh, you kind of gave me, you kind of gave me a new look on things, but what you just said about what he did for falls Cause have you read the article? I have
3: it? not, I have not read it, Mac. I'll, I'll try to check on it. But, but that, uh, when you talk about Andy Reed and his relationship with players, you know, it's obviously not unanimous, it, unanimous. It never will be with a coach and players, but you talk about the majority of players, the majority of his players love them. And, I can judge him only in that regard. I don't know the guy. Per- I met him a couple times, but I, I don't know him personally in, in a you know in a you know in a close way. But what, what you know about his players and his relationship with his players, most of his players love him, so that's got to reflect on him positively.
2: Yeah. Now here's another thing. I beg to differ with you a little bit about bringing the bringing the you know the the tradition here because you, you can't diss Dick from And I'm, I'm, I'm 59, so I remember when he came in after the, the Mike McCormick debacle, and the first thing he did, you're talking about having intestinal fortitude, to not use another term. The first thing he did when he came in was fire Poe James because he was, get this, a bad morale man for the team. And way back when then when we had the bulletin, all the papers around here ate him up for that. So in that respect, the movie The Invincible is really, you know, he ought to be committed for taking the job, and he comes in here. He says he's going to turn things around in Philadelphia. The first season, four and ten. The second season, five and nine. That they outscored their opponents. Third season, nine and seven. Wild card loss to, to the Falcons with Barkowski, the Pol- two Polish rifles going out against. We didn't have a place kicker. We had a guy that worked in an electric company, built you know power dams. Uh, Mike Michelle missed a, missed a chip shot field goal and missed an extra point. And then the following year, eleven and five, and they beat the Walter Payton uh, Bears. I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scoreboard saying seconds away from Tampa Bay, and then we lost to Tampa Bay, and then the following year, Super Bowl when I was in when I was in uh, Puerto Rico, and a buddy of mine was a Raiders fan. Well, that's that,
3: you, that's a pretty impressive memory, Mac. I just want yeah, to well, you,
2: you. It's a, it's you, a gift, but I, I love the Eagles. I mean, I bleed yeah. green, and, and it's great when I was stationed in the Minesweep Navy in Texas, doing an Eagles fan. I had a blast down there. But yeah. When I was in Puerto Rico, and I, I got permission to watch the game up in the Chiefs' barracks. They let me come up and watch it. And that, that critical play when it was fourth and inches midfield, I, and that I knew what they were going to do right away. They flanked Howard Carmichael, and I, I said to the Chief, he's going to throw a bomb. And sure enough, he dropped back and hit Howard Carmichael for something like a 50-yard touchdown pass. You know, and they went on to beat him, and I knew they, they were awry because the previous year, or the progn- prognostication for the Sports Illustrator that year was, I f- picked Needle to be maybe 8-8 eight eight or 9-7 and seven at best. And when they did that, I wrote the Sports Illustrator right back.
3: I wow. said, you blew
2: it on this one.
3: Well, I, I, thanks, Mac. I appreciate the call. Man, Mac, I c- couldn't get a word in there. He's just rattling off information. But I I couldn't I couldn't interrupt him. He's on such a flow. He's teaching us, giving me a history lesson there. That's before my time. I, I don't know about all, all the Dick Vermeil stuff in the late 70s, early 80s. Did he say he wrote back to Sports Illustrated? I believe to- that's what he said. I lost track. Honestly, I was disoriented by the end of that.
4: With, yes, whatever year that was. I guess that's the equivalent of like tweeting Sports Illustrated.
3: Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah, wrote yeah. a letter. But um, yeah, I, I that that was impressive. He was just rattling off. He didn't even need to take a second to like think about it or or um, you know, try to remember. He just knew that off the top of his head. You got a photographic memory like that, right, Mike? You can remember dates and stuff, right? I do, yeah. Do, do you want to test it out? Sure. Um, okay. Phillies game, July 27th, 2009. Um, Is that the kind of stuff you specialize in?
4: Yeah. Okay. It just takes me a couple minutes to figure out the situation. Okay. Do you, wa-
3: do you want to? Uh, we'll, we'll get an answer at the end of the break and we'll take your uh, word that you didn't look it up.
4: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you'll see me. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So. My, you won't look it up. But yeah, Mike has done this before where I've asked him, like, uh, you ask him dates, and he'll give you, like, exact box scores. It's pretty impressive. 888-729-9494, 888-729-9494, 9494 Pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell phone. We'll continue talking about this Andy Reid thing and, and whether you root for him. I do. I will continue to. You know, uh, the way I look at it, if the Eagles, in the end, you know aren't don't end up being legit contenders, which we'll, we'll get back to that conversation as well, where I think these next two games are critical for this team this year. And if they don't win these next two, I have a lot of trouble believing they're going to be legit Super Bowl contenders this year. But if they end up not being, I'd want Andy Reid to win the Super Bowl. You know, I I don't harbor any ill will against him. I think he did a lot for this city, and I appreciate what he did for this city. And you know, I I was growing up during that era. You know, the early two thousands were my formative years as a fan. Every I, I was in high school, oh one through 0-4. every year I was in high school, the Eagles were in the NFC Championship game. So I. I, it kind of is a childhood thing for me where I I really love those Eagles teams and I really like Andy Reed, so I'll continue to root for him, but I'd love to get your feelings on it. 888-729-9494. 888-729-9494. Pound 9494 on your AT&T ride and sell. Keep getting your thoughts on that. And um, if, if we, we mentioned earlier we were discussing what the Eagles should look to acquire via trade, what do they need as they move toward the deadline? The guy I think who fits perfectly is Deshaun Jackson. I think he is the player who could help this team the most, more than a running back. If you get a guy like Deshaun Jackson who can stretch the field and open things up for everybody else, I think he'd be the perfect fit. What do you think the Eagles should go after at the deadline? eight 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 seven two nine nine four nine four. 9494 Pound 9494 on your at and and Verizon cell. I'm Tom Kelly. WIP Sports Time is 445. Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. And Mike Angelina impressed me during the break. We asked him before the break um, what happened on July twenty seventh 2009 with the Phillies because the last caller seemed to have a ridiculous photographic memory when it came to late 70s Eagles football. And I, I don't actually have it in front of me, Mike. Do you have it in front of you, the box score for that game? No, I'll okay. pull it up. Pull it up, because Mike, um, said he, he said that he believes the Phillies beat Arizona. Yeah, I think they started a road trip. Okay. Um, okay. So you believe they beat Arizona because they had a series of San Francisco coming up next, where it was Cliff Lee's first start.
4: Right, yeah, we remember that. Um I think what else they, yeah, I, I just remember more pitching. I don't think they had like a big inning or anything. Just put together a couple of runs and, and won. Okay. Those, you, they're, they're, like those are the hardest games to describe. It's just like, oh, I scored some runs and won. Like, well, yeah, obviously.
3: Right. Do you have it in front of you now?
4: Uh, They won six to two. Over the, the Dimebacks? The yes. Okay.
3: Well, there you go. That's good enough. I mean, I, a lot of them you'll give details, but 2009 yeah. is a long time ago. Give me one more. Okay, April nineteenth, two thousand twelve.
4: Um,
3: April nineteenth, they were. (laughs) Yeah, that (laughs) that was such a boring
4: month. Um, I think they. I think the Vanimal pitch that game,
3: Vance Worley,
4: okay. and yeah, Vance Worley, and uh he ended he had like a twelve pitch like duel with uh, some guy on the pod. They were in San Diego, and he ended the night with like a twelve pitch, you know, battle. April
3: nineteenth, two thousand twelve, the Phillies beat the Padres two nothing. Vance Worley was the winning pitcher. Yeah, there like, you seven go, seven strong innings. Maybe? That's pretty impressive. Let's see, seven innings. Um.
4: I was producing that game here.
3: He pitched seven innings. Yep, yeah. seven innings. That, that nice job, down, Mike. Though. Yeah. You, you, you redeemed yourself, even though the first time you still got the the opponent and the outcome right. So that's pretty impressive. But uh, Mike is unbelievable with that. You can mention any Phillies game. It's a gift he has. Any Phillies game from, like, the last, what, 15 years? And he'll give you the, the score. I mean, how you can remember... April 19th, Vance Worley pitching seven innings and a scoreless Phillies win is pretty remarkable. To
4: me. I just remember what I did that day, and then usually it's... How do you I remember what you on did on
3: April 19th, 2000, 2013, or 2012? That was over six years ago. It was, yeah. I don't remember what I did a week ago. That's, that's pretty remarkable, Mike. Congratulations. We'll have to play, play that game more with Mike. We'll have to make that like a staple. Uh, when I'm in for Big Daddy. 888-729-9494. Pound in your at and Verizon cell. Uh, the other topics we're discussing is um, Andy Reid and whether you were rooting for him last night. I mean, against the Patriots, I don't know how, why you wouldn't be. Uh, th- that was a remarkable game. And, you know, I don't understand why people harbor so much resentment toward Andy Reid. I just don't get it. I've always liked him. I've always rooted for him, and I'll continue to root for him. And especially against that team. Like, you must really dislike Andy Reid to be rooting against them uh, against them against the Patriots. I mean, Angelo does. <laughs> Angelo told me he was rooting against them, he was rooting for the Patriots. But you got to really dislike Andy Reid if you're rooting against them uh, when when they're playing the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. But uh, what are your feelings on? Where are your lasting memories of Andy Reid? Um, I, I I just don't get the the dislike for him. And as the Eagles look to improve their team here, what do they need to do? Who do you want to see them go get? I mean, Le'Veon Bell's name's been out there for a while now. LaShawn McCoy, I've kind of soured on that idea a little bit. Um, Amari Cooper is now being shot by Oakland. But I think Deshawn Jackson is the perfect fit. That team is going to fall out of the race. That team is going to you know, be looking to rebuild within the next couple weeks. They have not won since playing the Eagles way back in week two. Um, Jameis Winston is not very good. Dirk Cutter is probably going to get fired. And they, there's no reason for them to keep Deshaun Jackson around. So I think he'll be made available. And when he is, I think the Eagles and Howie Roseman should pursue him. Because when you look at what he provides and what he could provide on this team, it's something that they've lacked since he left. That downfield threat, that guy who can stretch a defense. They wanted it to be Torrey Smith. He wasn't really that guy. They wanted it to be Mike Wallace. He got hurt. Prior to that, they were hoping Aguilar would be that guy when they drafted him. He's more of a slot receiver, they found out. You need that guy who can can go down the field and open things up. For the rest of the players i think Deshaun jackson could give you that 888-729-9494 pound 9494 pounds 9494 at verizon cell let's go to vince in atlanta what's up vince
6: great great job tonight uh tom and, thanks uh, vince yeah duly impressed with uh mike as well with the
3: uh yeah it's that's pretty impressive isn't it
6: there. that was pretty impressive
3: yep what do you got vince so the Andy
6: Reid thing, yeah. So having lived and being born in that city, Philly, uh, and having lived here in Atlanta, I will say this. Uh, it's pretty obvious why, and Angelo touched on it, because Angelo has what Jeffrey Laurie would call emotional intelligence. And uh, Andy Reid was not a very emotional guy. Philly likes that kind of guy. They like Bobby Ryan. They Vermeil Cried. They like that kind of person. Reid was pretty stoic. And uh, I think that... He didn't connect with the people because of that. They liked that kind of character. Reed was not that guy. And after a while, familiarity bred some contempt there. He just, you know, he just didn't win. And people are judged in football, really, with that Super Bowl thing. And you just couldn't get him off the snide there. And uh, I, I think we can have a little bit of revisionist history now and look back because, you know, we have that monkey off our back now. Um, so yeah, that's my take on the Andy Reid thing. That's mm-hmm. but you're absolutely right. The guy's a quarterback whisperer and I mean, he he's developed just a slew of coaches, you know. Uh so yeah, you couldn't really say anything bad about him mm-hmm. from a football standpoint. Personalities, I think that's where Angelo is really on point with that.
3: Yeah, and, he, and, and yeah, his personality I think is Not, never meshed with the city very well. And and it's interesting because you can say that about coach and quarterback. Because it's, it's, the the same thing goes for Donovan McNabb. And it's the same reason why Donovan McNabb has not been embraced here. And why, you know, he never fully embraced the fans here. You know, is is that his personality never meshed here. And I think maybe that was kind of part of the reason why Andy and Donovan maybe got along so well. They had similar personalities in that regard. They kind of kept people at bay. They, 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 they weren't overly emotional, and they weren't weren't overly you know close with the fans in that in that way.
6: Yeah, there may be some some connection there with the you know you you kind of attract what you are so to speak. So right. I guess you could say that same sense with maybe Peterson and Wentz. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, but moving along, moving on here with D bringing him back, which I would love, but I don't know where he stands with this because I know that relationship. He, you know, with the Eagles, and he still carried that chip on his shoulder and, man, really torched us every time he played. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if what clauses they have. I, see, I don't know how it works in the NFL. You know, I don't know if it's like baseball where you have these clauses, you know, after you've been tenured in the league. I have no idea. Right. Would he want to come back? I mean – you know, is it is it is it mandatory when you trade? Do you have to go to that team. Why? Well, I don't know why he wouldn't. Right, he had a shot to win. Um, I, I was at the game today. I went to the Atlanta Falcons uh, Buccaneers game today, and he had a shot at the very. He uh, so, Vince. Did you see
3: that, uh, Vince? If that that play was actually a, a brilliant uh, play by by Tampa Bay, because I do think that was orchestrated. I think that was how it was planned out, and. Oh man! If he caught that ball, he there was nobody there to, there to stop him. He was getting in. I, I will say this: if he was with the Eagles, I think I think
6: even even as just a threat on many levels, especially come playoff time. I think the Eagles made some. They didn't really necessarily make any splash moves, regular season moves. I think the guys they got like Bennett and Nada. And, um, you know, even Wallace, I think they were kind of like playoff run guys with experience. Right. I, I see that they didn't really do, you know, any over the top moves, bringing a guy in. I think they thought, well, we can we can get this team um, through the play through the regular season. And then when the playoff time, you know, when that comes around, these guys will will give us an added, you know, push or. Yeah. Um, so some, well, some play there. I but. A, a deep threat, uh, and also too punt return ability. I know Sproles. Yeah, he team. does. Carter's, I, been, Carter's. I, pace had. He's been decent, um, but you know, Djax gives you that dynamic. He does. You know,
3: he does offer that. He does offer that, and I appreciate the call, Vince. And Vince uh, brought up an interesting point as far as would Deshaun like to come back. Here. First of all, he was a free agent, uh, I think, two years ago, and. I believe Deshaun said that he would be open to coming back here. First of all, I don't know why he wouldn't be because Chip got rid of him. Chip's not here anymore, obviously. So I don't know why he would harbor any ill will against, you know, this regime. Why he'd harbor any ill ill will against Howie Roseman. These aren't the guys that got rid of him. These are the guys that drafted him, if anything. So I think he'd be open to come back. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, he's not going to want to. Waste out the rest of the year on a bad Tampa Bay team. If he can come back and have an opportunity to win with a really good young quarterback, I think he'd welcome that opportunity. You know, I don't I don't think that he would want to stay down there just for no reason. Deshaun Jackson, it's not like his future long term is gonna be in Tampa Bay anyway. He's gone at the end of this year regardless. He carries a ten million dollar cap hit next season if he's on the roster, and you can cut him after the year and and not have any dead cat money at all. So Tampa Bay's going to cut him anyway. They're going to go into a rebuilding phase. Deshaun Jackson will be somewhere else next year anyway. So there's no doubt in my mind that he would probably want to come back here, get a chance to play on a good team with a really talented young quarterback, a legit contender, and a place where he's comfortable. I, I don't think there would be any reason why Deshaun Jackson w- would balk at coming back here.
4: So when he was uh, getting ready to become a free agent uh, less than two years ago, he was asked about, you know, if, he says, quote, I really never had any hard feelings towards Philadelphia besides whoever released me. Right. I mean, that's different, but I guess he's not there anymore.
3: Right. But exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly And I think if if they were to entertain trading for Shady, I think it would be the same kind of reaction. They don't like Chip Kelly. Right. <laughs> they don't have any ill will toward Harry Roseman. Howie Roseman, you know, he didn't have any say in this. They gave each of
4: them decision. nice contracts.
3: Right. He gave each of them contracts. He was part of the regime, the front office that drafted them. So, yeah, I'd be shocked if they held Chip Kelly's sins uh, against Howie Roseman. 888-729-9494. 888-729-9494. Pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. Dante, you'll be first after the break. And when we get back, um, we'll play for you sound. Another blunder from a man who has become uh, quickly over the last couple years. And really, I think he's been awful for a decade. But the worst broadcaster in all sports. We'll play that for you when we get back. 888-729-9494. I'm Tom Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at Kelly 44 Fill it in for Big Daddy. WIP Sports Times 504. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. Our last segment here before we do the uh, overlap show with Al. If you want to get in, 888-729-9494. 888 729 Pal 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon cell. Let's get Dante in here real quick. Dante, you're on 94 WIP. What's up, Dante?
7: Hey, what's going on, buddy? How's it going? Uh, I'm I'm pretty good. I wanted to get in on on, on this conversation about um, Andy Reid and everybody not not digging him in, in this city. Sure. Um, I, I'm 35 years old. I've been I've been an Eagles fan since 1988. So I, I, I've actually been around the, these these coaches that we've had, right? So let's let's start with Buddy Ryan. Buddy Ryan. Everybody loves him because his attitude his attitude matched the city pretty much. Then we go to Rich type. It's co-type, really, nobody nobody really liked him, but we we had those Buddy Ryan-type players on that squad. So, you know, we dealt with him, but he couldn't win, so we had to get rid of him. Ray Rose. Ray Rose, had, he was another attitude guy. We we loved the attitude at first, but again, mm-hmm. coming from the 49ers, we think we're going to win with him. We didn't win. we got to get, get rid of him. So now we go to Andy. Andy is a different kind of guy from, 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 from the attitude guy, right? right? But what happens is he starts to win. So now, once once the winning get into it, and you know everybody's excited, what happens is over time, you're not winning. You didn't win. Keep losing. It's everything gets bad, and it's time to go. But what happened with Andy is there's now there's something to build off of, right? So let's go to Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly, we got those Andy players. He just rearranged everything. Got rid of the Andy players. Now we got to go back to what we missed with the Andy guys. Doug, Doug Peterson. Now we win a championship. So my point is, you know, we hated Andy, but everything – there's an underline of winning with Andy Reid. Now, we did not win a championship, but his his guy, Doug Peterson, put us over. So, like, I I, I disagree with everybody hating Andy. Andy had – he had something. He brought winning here. We didn't have a lot of winning. I mean, we never won a championship until Doug, which is an Andy guy. So, I mean, we have to give credit where credit is due. Andy was the best coach in history in, of the Eagles. Right. And, and that,
3: now, it. I, now obviously, it, it'll be looked at as Doug, and rightfully so. But but Andy provided that foundation. And, and you know, exactly. I, I, and like you said, Dante, we were so used to a certain way, way of coaching. And this team, though, they never had sustained winning before that. And I don't think they knew. I don't think organizationally – they understood how to be a consistent winning franchise. You right. know, until you have that that period of sustained winning and you see what that looks like, I right. don't think you you understand what needs to be done to sustain that. And I think once, you know, they had Andy Reid and obviously it ended poorly. Any relationship that goes on 14 years is yeah. probably going to get messy at the it's end. Yeah. And um I mean you're seeing New England right now even though they keep winning, but You know, you hear the things about Belichick and Brady not getting along. But, you know, uh, but them learning what that looked like to be successful under Andy Reid, they realized when it started going bad with Chip that, okay, we have to cut the cord right now. And in the past, before Andy Reid, maybe that goes another year or two Uh and you waste another year or two. And Chip Kelly puts you even more behind the eight ball. But I think... When you had that level of success with Andy, you learned that what was going on with Chip was so bad, you had to get rid of it, and you right. learned, you know, what it looks like to be a winner.
7: Now, can I add one more thing? Sure. More sure. About, about this Eagles team. Uh, I believe that that, that we're, we're getting back on track. The only issue now is it, it might not have, like, really touched us last year, what it did, the, the injury bug. It, it, we made it through that. I'm not sure how much this year we will make it through the injury bug. I believe that this year it's a totally different year, and and if we continue on with these injuries, it that might be our downfall for the year. I believe the talent is there. We will get this thing, you know, clicking again, and I believe last week started it against the Giants. We will get rolling, but against those teams like, you know, the Saints and, 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 and the Rams, their their talent level is is too high at this level and and I if we not if we're injured we 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 just won't we won't we won't make it.
3: Yeah, I hear you. And I appreciate the call, Dante. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, last year what the what the Eagles did overcoming all those injuries was an anomaly. Like you heard on the broadcast the other night, Troy Aikman mentioned it. Troy Aikman mentioned with the injuries that's not supposed to happen. Like a team that sustains that many injuries and that many injuries to key players, it's not supposed to happen that you overcome all of that. And the injuries, if they continue, the odds of them doing that two years in a row would be slim. But in regards to, you know, turning it around, as Dante mentioned, and I talked about it earlier on the show, these next two games are critical. And after watching yesterday and seeing... What happened around the league and seeing what your next two opponents looked like. Carolina, not impressive at all in Washington. Somehow they were in that game late. They really had no business being in that game. They didn't play well. and they, We didn't get a chance to talk about about that game earlier. But Carolina, some really odd play calling late in that game.
6: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: The 16, plenty of time left, and they started taking shots to the end zone. Uh, I didn't really understand that. But, you know, they're your quintessentially average to slightly above average team. They're a team that, if the Eagles are a contender, like we all think they are, it's getting the Eagles a win. Jacksonville, uh, good defense, bad quarterback. And now I think their defense is so kind of tired of carrying the load, that they mailed it in yesterday. That was a disgraceful performance from them in Dallas. I mean, that Dallas offense hasn't been able to move the ball against anybody, and they put up 40 on Jacksonville. So that team's wounded right now. These are two teams the Eagles should beat. And going into the bye, they need to be 5-3. and three. You, If you're in that top class, you're going to win these next two games. And I think this is really a critical stretch for the Eagles. 888-729-9494, pound 9494, AT&T, Verizon, cell. And um, watching football yesterday, watching Red Zone, you get to hear all the different broadcasters around the league and all the, watch all the different games. And I cringe whenever I hear the voice of Dick Stockton. He is just atrocious. I don't know how this guy is still on TV. He was awful 15 years ago. So I don't know how they still allow him to call games. And he was on the Broncos and Rams game. And I can see, you know, you make mistakes later in the game. As you get a little tired, there's a lot going on. You, you, you miss a name. This is in the open of the, of the game. As the players are running out the tunnel. So Dick Stockton's prepared all week. You know, he's just starting out this game. And this is the first thing Dick Stockton... Utters into a microphone on Fox's broadcast of Rams Broncos. And the, s- the sound is not great. It's a little hollow because um, somebody was recording it off their TV. But yeah, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Dick Stockton uh, couldn't get the team's name right. And that's the beginning of the game. That's not a slip of the tongue uh, two and a half hours in. That is the first. Uh, shot of the broadcast the first segment of his broadcast he calls the Denver Broncos the Denver Nuggets
4: just got, terrible I'm looking at his uh like his resume his career timeline it says up until 2015 he did NBA on TNT I don't I don't remember it being that recent he
3: did NBA games at some point I didn't know it was that recent either yeah I thought it was like maybe at least 10 years ago. Yeah, he's terrible. And, Mike, you actually mentioned to me he made another mistake last year the same week. This yeah, was on the same the, weekend.
4: On the, well, uh, since today's is, today
0: is Monday, it's the same date right. as today.
3: Okay, uh, let's, let's hear this one.
0: On the Visa Halftime Report, Kurt Terry, Howie, Michael, and Tony look on graphic for the final two bullet points. <laughs> well.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So, obviously, the the, the graphics weren't, weren't there. And instead of just, you know, realizing that and moving on like a professional broadcaster, he just did... Ron Burgundy did. I read exactly what was on screen.
4: Looking on the graphic of it, it, part of it is Chiefs look to stay undefeated. So, I guess, you know, Chiefs being undefeated comes to an end on this date. Uh, yeah. on this weekend, uh, annually.
3: Yeah, that, that's... I think they lost the Steelers on that date.
4: They did lose the Steelers. Yeah.
3: Um, Dick Stop. How does how is he still calling games? I just don't get it. This guy, he he was he was awful like 15 years ago. How is he still in a broadcast booth? How can they find nobody better? There's nobody out there that could be better in a Fox. But I mean, and they give him they give him the work. They give him the games that nobody's going to see. You know. Broncos Rams is actually not a horrible game but it's it's a regional game because CBS had the had the 425 game yesterday but now he's exposed since red zone because everybody sees every game and everybody hears every broadcaster and him and then his partner's awful too Mark Schlereth who used to be an ESPN guy um he's terrible too just I just don't know how they can't find anybody Better than Dick Stockton at this point in 2018. Dick Stockton's broadcasting since the 60s. It seems like
4: how is he still around? So I'm on uh, YouTube just searching Dick Stockton. I just found a play where uh, he he claims the Falcons get a first down, and then like 10 seconds later, it's like, oh, actually, it's actually like third and
3: 15 now. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Um, he, he he said one thing. He's like, he, he uh, there was a play in the game because I was watching it. He's like, Goff goes to the end zone. He threw the ball to the eight-yard line. He threw the ball to the eight-yard line. He said he's thrown in the end zone. And then he just, uh, you know, didn't even mention it. The guy goes, goes down at the eight. He just doesn't even mention it. Terrible. Um, but that'll do it. Thanks to uh, Mike Angelina for producing the show. Don't know where my show would be without him. Um, I'm Tom Kelly. I've been in for Big Daddy. Next up is the Overlap Show where we'll talk to Al Morgani. WIP Sports Time is 520.